0: Hello everyone, thank you very, very much for being with us in Afro Saya, the Afro Latino podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gutierrez. I wanted to do this audio for the previous episode. I do not know what really happened, and actually was listening to uh, the podcast when I was, you know, driving in town and I didn't like it. I didn't feel happy about that production, so I decided to do a few editings in this audio podcast. So this is where we left in the previous episode, and that's all why you should be able to hear and listen on this new episode podcast. Here we go. Let's do it right. So for the central part of our program for today or for this episode is an interview. I'm going to share this conversation that I have with the podcast in our tribe, and I'm going to give you details. No, seriously. That podcast and the group of people on in our tribe, they are doing amazing things and they are here in Sacramento as well. So I'm going to give you a lot of details and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you can not only like support or donate or, or be part of it, but also like share the information that, um, the good things that they are doing. Because I think that's what we need to know right now. What is everybody else doing in order to have a better war and a better tomorrow so i really feel like that will be something that you all wanted to know and also we're going to close our podcast um at the end of that interview so that's all what we have for today if that's something that you're looking forward to it, stay with us this is afro saya the afro latino podcast welcome to afro saya afro saya
1: Hello all the good people in yeah. Sacramento and the Sacramento region, uh, also to our friends in San Diego, in Oakland, San Francisco, and in LA. How are you today? Uh, so glad that you are tuning in. Uh, today, in episode number 37, I am joined by Alex Gutierrez. Alex Gutierrez is an educator, he is also the producer and host of AfroSaya, a podcast dedicated to the Afro Latino community. And this is one why I'm so pumped because as you all know, YDN has embarked in a new uh, journey and it's called Nueva Epoca and we have really been having lively conversations about all things Latino, Latinx and this is a piece that has been an emerging theme is the Afro-Latino community and how do we elevate them more, how do we work together, how do we do great things because I don't know if you all know this or not, but Latinos... still working our stuff out too so so am i right or am i right alex how are you welcome to the show
0: (laughs) hola adrian greetings to your audience hello sacramento super excited super happy to be here yes we have a lot of conversations that need to in my eyes continue in the united states especially uh, with afro latino and afro latina community so i'm super excited to have this opportunity uh, to talk to you and um, you know engage with your audience yeah thank you
1: Let's do it, brother. Let's do it. Hey, uh, right now, the weekend just ended. It was so hot. And at my house, man, we were listening to Celia. We were listening to (laughs) Stefania All-Stars. We were listening to some Bad Bunny. What are you listening to these days? What, What is at the top of your playlist?
0: You know, every time I'm heading to the weekend, I always reach for J Valvin, mi gente. Somehow it gives me that energy, that power bump that I need for the weekend, especially now that it was super hot. And I'll tell you something really interesting and funny too. So it was a hundred and a on Saturday or something. So I was like, I'm going to take a screenshot. So I took a screenshot and I put it on on facebook and i said as crazy as it sounds i want a hot coffee because that's pretty much how i grew up i mean it could be a million degrees outside, and you want have hot coffee so my family yeah my mom will get some hot coffee and i was like well that's how probably we cool down our bodies so i posted on facebook my friends were like you're crazy this is insane she gets some water with ice or Iced coffee, which doesn't make sense to me. Ice coffee? <laughs> uh, it's new for me, that. But hot coffee was the thing I was looking for. So it was funny. But Jay Balvin, Celia Cruz. Oh, yeah. La Guarachera. Always on the Ooh, playlist. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. love Jay Balvin's
1: new uh, documentary. I thought it was yes. great, man. So insightful. Yeah. It made
0: me fall in love with them even more. Yeah. Yeah. It was very into the country. Like, real things going on. And I was like, yes. I mean... You know, he, he wanted to be away, but he can I mean, this is who he is. And and I feel like many times that's how we are. When we go back to our countries, it's just we can't just say, oh, I'm not from here, you know. Uh, but that's right. very interesting, the conversation on that documentary. Yes. That's so good. Well, man,
1: I want to I want to have like the Alex Gutierrez documentary right now. We'll do it via podcast.
0: Oh, that uh, would be awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, man, tell our listeners a little bit about Alex Gutierrez, the yeah. podcast. Podcast host, the producer, but also the educator and the advocate of the Afro Latino community.
0: Talk to us, brother. We want to get to know you. All right. Thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, you know, I started very, very young. I was 15 years old when I started, when for the first time I got a small book in my table. My mom dropped it off and it was Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream. And it was a small, like four pages. And I was like, mm, interesting. But in my high school, like, we never talk about the blackness in, in Latin America. So in the context of I grew up and I was born and raised in Bolivia. La Paz is the is the capital city and that's where I grew up. So, you know, to have the black presence in the 1980s, it was very, very weird in the capital cities. Um, so for, for in my house, when I was 15 years old, having a book with Matt Luther King was like, Who is this guy, right? So we wanted to know. I wanted to know. And then I met this uncle who was starting a movement with the blackness in Latin America. He has traveled overseas and he uh, he had the experience uh, with other leaders and he wanted to kind of like start a movement on the blackness in Latin America. And that's when he like invited me to different workshops and seminars. And I started learning about blackness. And that was the moment when someone told me, you are black. You know, you have this blackness in your blood and that might explain so many things that you probably deny about yourself or the reasons that you want it to be. And you can because, you know, you're black. And for me, that was a moment of revelation. Uh, moving forward, um, I moved to the States. I went to uh, to get my education. I was with the fulbright scholar um i got into UC davis and i was you know there for a couple of years and then i moved to pennsylvania and my activism i kind of continue there i was always bringing up my you know the the, the blackness in latin america uh the mix of plots that we have how difficult it is for many latin american uh countries uh to recognize the 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 um Rights of black people and the, the mix of the identity. So it was a lot into the process that that went through. Uh, but I never never stopped advocating and. You know i decided one day that i needed a platform and a stage to continue educating people not only about who i am as as with my identity but also like where i grew up and i the more i talk to other people in espanol uh people will always say oh this is the true universal of the spanish and i was like well no i have the opportunity to travel many other different countries and I heard different in Spanish, what are we learning here? Um, and that was my moment of other revelation. Like I should get my credential, go to teach and try to uh, set up a platform and tell people that are learning Spanish that there are also black people who speak Spanish and that were called Afro Latinos. And that's what it's been doing with the podcast, with the Afro Saya podcast. We've been talking about Afro Argentines. With many people are like, what? Or Afro Uruguayans, or the Guyanas, who are part of Latin America, but they never you probably identify until I have a friend actually. Funny story. I have a friend, a classmate, and she say I'm from the from the Guyana, and I say you are Latina, and she say Latina, never been called Latina. I'm Latina. Oh, I'm Guyana, but Latina. I was like, yeah, I mean, you're in Latin America. You know, we know Latinos because we speak Latin. It's just. The region, anyhow. So that was a moment of realizations. Yeah, moments like that. I have a lot to tell, <laughs> to share. Whoa,
1: it's so much there, man. There is so much <laughs> there that you're talking about, like that piece about your friend, right? Saying like, "Whoa, I'm Latina Nakayana. Like, you know, my family is from Nicaragua, man. So, like, oh. in there, we have Bluefields, and yeah. Bluefield is is where the Afro Latino community uh, lives, and 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 it's super interesting. You go there, man. It is some of the most Ama- most amazing people, most amazing music, mm. most amazing food you will ever have. But yeah. but what's interesting in Nicaragua, we're still working this thing out, man, like yeah. in a, in a big way. And and so what I wanted to ask is if could you give our listeners, give us a little one hundred one of the Afro Latino experience from the Caribbean down to South America, Central America. Like yeah. you all are large and in charge. There's a lot, but but yeah. there, there, we don't see you in the media. We're going to get to that. We yeah. don't we don't see a lot of this celebrated and and that's where i want to go in this show with you but first give us the 101 give us the breakdown
0: so okay so the 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 story is interesting because we learn i say we because i grew up in latin america in bolivia we learned the history of of colonization from the western uh world like the spain came and they colonized and they brought slaves um they very little that I remember refers to black African slaves, and then we became mestizos suddenly, and then everyone is part of the country, and that was the end of the story. So. Trying to understand, for example, for me, when I was in high school or in elementary school and bring my mom, people always associated me with the other. So right from the beginning of my school life, I was the other. Uh, People see my mom and they will be like, are you guys from Brazil, like from Venezuela, or you guys are from maybe like Africa because your mom is black. And I remember when we went over slavery in Bolivia, it was hard because my teacher never talk about not only how much they make part of the culture the country the culture the economy it was just you know the blacks came here they were slaves and now we are in a new kind of type of breed um and that was hard for me because my classmates would call me like oh you're an africano it is an africano it is an esclavo africano and when kids don't know much of the story or you tell them half of it they can use it against you so i feel like that was kind of like hard for me and And I was curious about it, but there was no many information or there was no much information out there about Afro-Latinos or the blackness of, of, of in Latin America. So the more I try to research and I find it out, I try to like put it that in words that it can be also easy for other people to understand. Um, There's a lot of history there and the way they move around. So, um, to talk about Afro-Latinos or the blackness in Latin America, it is important not only to say that the countries colonized and they enslaved people and they brought slaves. Because in Bolivia, for example, people don't think that Bolivia was a slave country. And that happened the same like with Canada. They sometimes deny that they were slave countries. So it's not only like you developed nation and we undeveloped nations, but there are many countries. Central America is another region that People don't think they have blackness and we will get to media but Puerto Rico, Cuba, Dominican Republic. Hello, those are the blackness countries ever because the majority of the blackness stayed on those regions. In Bolivia, which is interesting, 60% of the population in 2002 identified as an indigenous. The rest were others. Blacks were uh, surveyed after a period of time. I think the last time they were uh, on the census was in 1940s. And then the term black was eliminated for the census. And then in 2002 was back again. And that's the time they find out that only like 0.3% of the population was black. So it was interesting to start a conversation where the government didn't even see you. So that was like the moment we were like, we need to do more research. And the research will come from our own experience because nobody else will, you know, write about it. So um to start with that, I think it's very important to acknowledge that Latin American countries were slave countries, and that's where Black people right in Latin America. Alex, you're blowing my mind with these facts, man. I, I feel like there's so
1: much there, and, and I'm so glad that our listeners are tuning into this because it is something that we do not talk about enough in the Latino Latinx community. Um, so okay, we might we we had an in the heights party here, man. Okay, like, man, okay, let's is get through here. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my the mom was here.
1: Room. My man, the kids. We man, we, we watched it twice, right? Okay. Uh, and and so then you know we start seeing the Twitter feeds, we start seeing social network do its thing, mm-hmm. and we saw uh, you know Mr. Miranda said like we, we might have blown this one. We we blew mm-hmm. it. We could have had more Afro Latino representation, and we didn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. and and so why like here we are in 2021 alex why is it that we don't see more afro latino afro afro latin x uh members of the community represented in mainstream media especially things like telenovelas or a a big-ass motion picture like in the heights right like Mm -hmm. why you you're you're there in reality you're with us all the time but
0: the cameras come on and all of a sudden you're not there yeah I love this. I mean, this is the perfect starting for a conversation, but so for me, this is the point. Um, You know, I grew up in a country where telenovelas were not produced by us. We were always importing telenovelas, so we got a lot of telenovelas from Mexico and Brazil. On those two countries, black people were always the housekeeper, the driver, uh, never was a businessman, a successful woman. Uh, Never on a leading role. So that was like always assuming that black people were those categories or those roles in telenovelas, which many people always assume like, oh, this is the reality of our country, right? They don't think it's fiction like Hollywood. We we should always make sure that (laughs) Hollywood is a fiction thing that... You know, they don't write like PBS documentaries. So when we see those things, I think it's very important to 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 start a conversation about like, why is this person always uh, or why is black women always the housekeeper on the houses or the babysitters? Um so that was where we started the point. Now, when we see these representations like in the Heights, I haven't seen it actually, but my first impression was that the cast was diverse and... um the main actor, the main character who replaced Lin-Manuel Miranda in the movies, for me, he is a black person. For me, he is an Afro-Latino. He was born from Puerto Rican Paris. He was born in Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico is an Afro-Latinx or Latino community. So people should understand that black people are a mix with the indigenous people. So that's the other part that Puerto Ricans never talk about it, being Tainos. And I remember one time Daddy Yankee was saying, Taino is my culture, but he's also black. Like, in my eyes, he is a black person. I see him as a black person. Jennifer Lopez, for me, is a black person. She is a Taino woman with black roots on it, which is so interesting because if we think about who looks like black and who doesn't, then we lose the conversation to that because i don't think so it's a matter of who you look like but the history behind we don't see like in the united states uh people saying out loud like you know i'm always indigenous and representing the indigenous communities in these spaces when people and that was my struggle at first when people say i'm indigenous people are always thinking oh you should be in the reservations but for me it was like what is the reservations because i didn't grow up here like i didn't know what was the reservation i thought they we're part of this culture, part of this country, and they don't have to live in reservations. reservation. So understanding that dynamics are, is always interesting because people have this idea, that Hollywood pictures for you, how indigenous and black people look like. So to the point of that is like, we we should start the conversation by saying that Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic are black nations with majority of black people there that today they may not look like African-Americans here in the United States. And that's the other conversation. What is an African-American? For many people outside the United States that I have interacted to, because I also travel overseas, when I ask, what do you see, Beyonce? They don't see Beyonce as a black person. But many people in the United States will say, oh, she is black. But when I ask uh, Mariah Carey, She is an Afro-Latina. She is a descendant from an Afro-Venezuelan parent. So that is the conversation that we should have, like... It's not about what you look like, but it's about how do you identify? Where are your roots are coming from? That, man, I know
1: I'm loving what you're saying, man. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm feasting on your knowledge. And, but, but that right there, right? Like people who identify, let's go there. Because also how people are received by the dominant culture, right? And I think that this is where I'm getting at, is that when I look at people who um. If I look at a telenovela right now, let's just say we just we we put on one of the the, the, the Spanish channels, and I won't name them out loud, but we put on one of that, and we sat there and we watched a telenovela. We are going to see people that look more like me than they look like you, which isn't fair and it isn't right. And and I think that that's where I'm getting at is that there there is this prejudice, there is this this uh, this bias out there that 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 uh, that permeates our 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 communities that we need to talk about,
0: but we don't. We keep it very calladito, as they say. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's because you don't want to disrupt the system, right? So many people from the movie Roma, I don't know if you got a chance to see, uh, with Yalitza, many people were like, yeah, I mean, that's a section of Mexico. And I'm like, uh, she's even speaking in native Mexican language. And many Americans, because they have the subtitles, didn't even capture that. Um, so people don't want to see sometimes the truth because the truth can hurt, right? For me, for example, understanding that my ancestors were a slave was kind of hard because I thought we were coming from Spain and colonized, you know, the other, and I was born in in a new system, in a new caste, But when I understood my reality, what I needed to do is embrace that identity because that's who who you see me, right? You don't see me like as the blue eyes from Spain, which might be, right? So it could be someone out there who's straight descendant from Europe and it has those connections with these characteristics. But the majority of the people in Latin America, we are a mix of indigenous and black. There we go, there we go, yeah. (laughs) So
1: then let's talk about this for a second. When you think about the contributions that the black community that the Afro Latino community brings to the table, that the advancements in medicine, the advancements in in knowledge, the advancement in, in understanding constellations, for that not to be appreciated by, by mainstream Latino culture, can you tell me about this? How does that sit with you? What are some of the things there that just really stand out from you from from years
0: of not being acknowledged for yeah. the gifts? That you all yeah. are bring to the table. Oh, thank you for that. So I think it's very important for, for our communities to understand that, for example, the creation of tacos that is very popular in, in the United States, I think it's more popular here than in Mexico. It, it, it is important to understand where those ingredients are coming from, right? Black beans are no part of the indigenous tribe. Those, that, those were brought from, from black people. They brought that with them, their knowledge of that. In the Heights, we saw this music and rhythms and, and, and movements. Where's that coming from? This is not just like, you know, it just happened to happen. Because the cultures were so strong, so deep into it that they mixed to them. And, and you know, when we don't see that appreciation, it hurt. It hurt to know that, you know, they use that they use using their advantage. They use for their own purposes. And the next thing we know, they're moving on into a next project. And yeah, it's just like cultural appropriation. We use it when we, we think it's, it's good for us. And then it's like, okay, we move on. I don't want to accuse Lima, and and Island of using cultural appropriation. And that's interesting too. Have you seen this TV show, uh, Black-ish?
1: Yeah, man,
0: yeah. When yeah. he said in one of these episodes, Anthony, I don't know his name in the character, but I think it's Anthony in real life, his name. He said, we can't be racist. We are blacks. I was like, that is so interesting because in the mentality of many people of color and people of color think that we we can be racist. We can mm-hmm. be sexnophobics. We can be homophobics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't culturally appropriate other cultures because we already are at the bottom of the system. But we can continue oppressing others like black Latinos. When Latino um, narrative becomes above the other Latinos, like black, like myself, it hurts to know that we don't have the same treatment, the same space, or the same opportunity to report our identity. Because we know that Latino or Latinas will overtake that rule already. So when you try to add the Afro-Latino, people are like what is that? What? Now what have you invented? Right? What is that? So Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much there,
1: man. And if you all want to dive deep and, and you all want to really continue to gather your knowledge and, and, and really understand uh, the Afro Latino, Afro Latinx uh, community. And not only that, but just the riches that they bring to the table. I cannot recommend Alex's podcast enough. Afro Saya is legit. He has so much fun to listen to. He has some awesome, some music in there, but he's bringing us knowledge and he's bringing us understanding in a way that that is just something that we need right now. And so thank you in advance for that, my brother. Really, I really appreciate you for that. Oh, no,
0: thank you so much. I think it's very... Um, You know what? I'm going to tell you something else. It's very interesting for me to find spaces sometimes where we can talk about the Afro-Latino because, you know, as you say, there is no the outlet or it hasn't happened anything. So how do we bring into these topics? So when I started four years ago with the podcast, my goal was... To bring into the United States all these Afro-South American ideas and and knowledge and everything that I know to share with the podcast. I have good reception in Europe and a lot of people from Europe reach out to me saying, like, I love your podcast. I don't know when I'll have a chance to travel to Colombia, but what you're saying about Afro-Latinos in Colombia... It's something I needed, and now I'm expanding my knowledge. And I feel mm. like that was an awesome opportunity to share the podcast. When iTunes or Apple Podcast did the featuring about different um, podcasts that are made by people of color they didn't know where to put me. They didn't know if I was in the Black History Month or the Hispanic History Month, because also I'm part of the LGBT community. So they, at the end, like in June, I saw featuring my podcast in there. But for me, it was like, hmm, why we didn't go into the Hispanic month or the Black History Month? Because we talk about, you know, intersectionality. Like we intersect many topics in there.
1: that right there intersectionality Mm -hmm. let me share with you a story and follow it up with a question Uh, Mm -hmm. my my son uh, goes to school out on the east coast and I was like Ego, tell me a little bit about how things are going and this and that. He's like, craziest thing, dad, craziest thing. He goes, I'm out there, man. And I'm one of the few Latinos in my school and I'm out there and I'm proud and I'm, I'm sharing who my are. And, and then it wasn't till I started to get to know my friends more. And, uh, that I found out there was three of them who, while they identify publicly as black are actually Afro Latino. Mm-hmm. And they're either uh, one was Dominicana, one era Puerto Rican, and the other Cubana, right? Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban. So, this is a question, right? Yeah. So, is this a thing? And maybe it's an East Coast, West Coast thing. I don't know, but I'm curious and I wanted to get your take on this is, yeah. is there a segment of the Afro, Latino, Afro, Latinx community that chooses to identify? More as black or even African American than they do Afro-Latinx.
0: If so, why? If not, why? Yeah, I love that question. Uh in my practice as a teacher, I have a student who was black, and I, you know, I saw him and I say, Hey, how's it going? And uh, very few words I heard, I'm okay. Okay, cool. And my class is a Spanish class. So I start saying, hey, bienvenidos a todos, vamos a empezar con la clase de español. And one of the kids said, oh, that guy that you talk, he's Mexican and he is black. And I said, "Wow, it looks like you know who he is, but, you know, we shouldn't be pointed out out there unless that person will identify as such. So. That type of conversation for me, like, sparkles something really deep because that was the moment that I saw my life like him in high school. I was like, one time that was me, like a kid. Someone else was saying, like, he's from, like... And I start saying, like, we will have a lot of conversations about who we are and how diverse the Latino community is. A lot of people will look darker than my skin and the minute you said you see them without even talking, you might be checking, oh, African American. But the minute that person will say "hola," you will be in shock. Like many people in New York happen in the subways. Um, when you're actually traveling from Brooklyn to like Manhattan, you will hear black people talking. They That's will right. be like, You speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what kind of black are you? Uh-huh. So I think there is no like to the to the point of that, to the to the question of that, there is not even on the census an opportunity to report our identity to even think about maybe it's a black Latino, because in the minds that we have on the narrative that we learn, we didn't learn that, you know, black people were also enslaved in Latin America and they also stayed on those countries until today. Um, You can identify yourself as a black person For our experience in Bolivia, where 60% of the population are indigenous, it was very difficult. For me, it was more the direct connection that I have, like my mom. She black in representation everywhere, and the food we eat, the music we hear. So the culture that we have was very different from the indigenous people. So for me, that was the characteristics that I will say, Well, I'm black. I'm not Mm. indigenous because I don't have that culture. I don't know what it is to be an indigenous person, but I have this uh, information about being black. And, you know, my ancestors, like my grandparents, they were black. Uh, They live in a community that is also called Los Yungas, which is a region for black people. Um, So I think those are the characteristics that can help you to get connection with with, with your roots and with your ethnicity. I know in Mexico and a lot of the Mexicans, they will say, like, I'm from Veracruz. And Veracruz, to me, speaks blackness. When someone says Guerrero, that speaks to me blackness because it's the coast. Africans were brought into the regions where there was easy access for, for, for commercial purpose, right? So we were not here, like, tourism. Our ancestors came here to be enslaved and have a hard time. So that is important to know. Like if you have family descendants from those regions, maybe you have a connection with blackness. Sometimes it's important to ask, like, where do you think your parents are coming from? And I had a conversation with this student, and I said, where do your parents come from? He says, Veracruz. And I say, well, it's wonderful. Veracruz is a very, you know, it started the conversation, too. Don't just lash someone like, you're black and you're Mexican. I know, but what does that mean, right? This person doesn't have any information about being part of that large diasporical information. So I always found that that is spaces where I'm like, that's what I'm teaching. You know, that's what I choose this profession. And Uh having those students, sometimes it's very rewarding because I can use that information that I have to to help the students know where they are coming from. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. A couple more questions before we close Go for it, go for it. Uh,
1: If you could speak to the young people who are Afro-Latino, Afro-Latinx right now and give them a word of encouragement give them something to to lift them up and and not that they need lifting up but i think what's important here is that you play in the role of mentor you are someone who has you know you're now an adult my friend right so <laughs> what would you say to a young person who's just trying to deal with like man
0: who am i <laughs> like yeah what words do they do you have for them yeah yeah and especially now with social media I mean they are you know being bombarded by different type of information every day and they may question themselves like wow and, and you know I speak my family speaks Spanish, we have this uh, what do they call, chino hair, which I think is the curly hair in a Mexican's family uh, maybe start a conversation and say maybe we have some African roots. One, Number two, to have some African roots in yourself is not a negative thing because we were colonized for centuries so it's very hard to decolonize ourselves, to see ourselves beyond what we've been told, or oh, slaves just got here they work now and we always betray them as the lowers in the society it is time for for media as well to be an ally and elevate what Africa Afro-Latinos uh, have been doing in the in in this country and also in, in America so if you're a young person trying to navigate through your identity you will go into crisis which is fine go over those crises, but if also you find yourself with many tags Go for it. The more tax you have, the better you will understand yourself. The better yeah. you will be like, I'm, I think I'm comfortable with being just this person, even though you might see me differently, right? So, I have a lot of friends that they may not see me as a black person. They see me as a Latino, and some other people see me just as a Hispanic. For me, I'm an Afro Latino and I know who I am, and that's enough. And if I have spaces like this to share who I am, I'm going to go and find it. But I'm not going to be, like, fighting on the streets or confrontation. People trying to, you know, I will educate them and, and yeah, find resources. You know, there's always someone out there who will help you to navigate through your identity. Your teachers are amazing uh, allies for, you know, for what you're going through, especially when you are a teenager. So, Find them and always look for the bright spots. There's a lot of negativity in the world, but there's always a lot of positivity and great people doing great things like your organization. So I really feel that people should look into it and find information and resources and make up to whatever is up for you
1: that's it brother thank you so much for those words those words of encouragement and and you know just knowing that there are young people right now who um are 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 figuring things out And, and i love that you said like hey man, you might feel a little bit of turbulence, you might feel a little bit of crisis, but in that you will find your intersectionality, you will find your worth, you will find where you belong, and know that there are people like Alex, people like Adrián who are here for you and will go to bat for you any day of the week. Exactly. Um, With that being said, when you think about your life as an educator, as a producer, as a podcast host, um, what are you most grateful for right now, my friend?
0: Wow, that's an awesome question. I think you know, with with everything going on with COVID, and and see how many other families maybe did not have the same opportunities that I have, like calling a day off and just getting my vaccine, or or scheduling a day off just for mental health. I think I'm very helpful and grateful for what my parents um, taught me when I was growing up. They say. Turbulence will happen more often than, than you can imagine. But when you are in, a, in the right spot, you will feel it and you will know what is to work hard to get that place. A lot of kids are giving up school, and I'm like, I was like you. Life doesn't matter. You know, people were calling me, like, you Africanos, uh, vuelvanse a Africa. Now I'm here in a different space, and that's where you should be going. So don't give up. Keep going and listen to your parents, mamas y papas. They know what they're telling you. (laughs) They know. (laughs) (laughs) Y la abuelita también, ¿verdad? La abuelita es es el testamento vivo. (laughs) And make sure you are always talking to abuelita (laughs) so she wants to connect with you. Yes, Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Alex, Alex, I am so glad we met my friend, you have made my, oh, my, my Monday was not too hot up until this point. <laughs> and I, I am so glad that 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 you are doing the work that you are doing, that you have found who you are, because now you are shining a bright spot on everything. And uh, wow, man, I can't wait to meet in person and have more of these conversations. Until then, be safe, stay strong. And thank you so much for shining a light.
0: Thank you so much, Adrián. Take care, everyone. Look it up for AfroSaya, your fiber podcast, and we will see you around. Saludos.